Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome along to day four of the French Open 2019 where you find myself, Catherine Mitigan, Matt Roberts, no David Law. He's asked us to let you know that he's not just shirking his podcast responsibilities, he's tied up with Queen's responsibilities back in London, although we happen to know that that's not what he's doing at this precise moment, Matt. He is at uh, Hugh Jackman slash Greatest Showman sing-along. Yeah, he claims it's for his kids, but... We've had photographic evidence of him looking, first of all, quite miserable to be there, and then ecstatic to be there. Yeah, David Law holding a glow stick. I never thought I'd see the day. Simon Briggs also otherwise detained because the British press are furiously writing away following Joe Conter's success. She's through to the third round of the French Open for the first time. That's a full house for her in terms of Grand Slam third round. She uh, had a few nervous wobbles, closing it out in a, in a really bizarre match against uh, Lauren Davis. Three very one-sided sets. First in favour of Conta. Second in favour of, favor of Davis. Third in favour of uh, Conta. Again, she is through, Matt, to face not one of the tournament favourites, Kiki Burton's in round three, but to face Victoria Kuzmova. Yeah, Simon Briggs, I think the term is, has slid into my DMs <laughs> to find out, for, find out some information about Kuzmova, I appear to be some sort of correspondent, Matt. Correspondent, I think. You I think more into, you're in more demand than Kuzmova. Kuzmova, <laughs> Kuzmova. Yeah, we've got to get this right now. Um, I think I am essentially her PR rep. <laughs> she just doesn't know it. She just doesn't know it. And I was. I can either... see Mike Dixon of the Daily Mail on the phone over there. He's saying, "Get me Matt Roberts." Exactly. Because, yes, a very dramatic and, to be honest, really unfortunate circumstances with Kiki Burtons, who four games into the match, and she was clearly suffering during those four games, she took to the chair and didn't play another point. She said that I'm shaking, I don't have any power, and she eventually retired there on the spot and the reason she's given is that she got sick in the night. She woke up about three o'clock and she was vomiting, had diarrhoea, had it throughout the day, felt a little bit better before the match, so I thought she'd give it a go, but then it reared its ugly head again during the match and she 
just couldn't compete and it was a really really sad sight to be honest for someone I mean it would be sad for anyone particularly for Kiki Burtons who's been in such good form and came in here as one of the favourites for the title David Law's pick for the title She, uh, when she took to the chair as you said four games in I think trailing 3-1 she was actually already packing up her staff before the physio and the doctor had made it to the court it, it seemed clear that there was no way unless they came onto court with some sort of magic beans there was absolutely no way she was going to be carrying on I mean I mean I guess at least it it was clear cut the decision was clear cut for her it seemed that there was no other option for her at that moment but I mean she said it's stomach flu and I I believe her I mean she looked pale she looked white as a sheet didn't she it looked to me like what she was having some kind of panic attack it looked like yeah that's what it looked like to me now she hasn't used those words and I think probably they're there whether it was a panic attack or not if you're you know on the biggest stage of your life probably the biggest tournament of your life given the hype around her etc etc and you realize you're unable to to even compete how could you not panic I mean see Marin Cilic in the Wimbledon final a couple of years ago sobbing uh, sobbing into his towel at the the change of ends the the realization that he just wasn't not only was he not going to win but he wasn't even going to be able to give it his best shot. It's, it's Well, they're linked, gutting. aren't they? We always yeah. talk about that. The physical and the mental are linked. And Kiki Burtons is a player who, as a Dutch journalist put it to me today, you know, she would probably prefer to be on court 16 to, to being on centre court. That's, that's just her personality. How do, we, do you think that means she will never hit the heights? Will it always hold her back or can she programme herself to cope with it? Well, I think she's already come over, you know, she's already got over a lot. I think what was holding her back from being the player she is now is was her head and she's got to this stage now where she's a top five player. So it's possible that she could then make that extra leap. But I just, I just felt really sorry for her out there. She was... She was sobbing, and she could see the red behind her eyes. It was just such a difficult, uncomfortable situation. And then insult to injury, she gets put in a holding room while waiting for Roger Federer to finish off his 400 languages in, in press conference. She she uh, is ready to come to press. She gets called to the press room, but uh, old, old Rog is uh, still yabbering away. Babbling away in French and Swiss German. And in fact, I think he was still talking in English when Kiki Burton's <laughs> arrived she was waiting in a holding room for a good 20 minutes because Federer I don't know what he was saying because it was in Swiss German <laughs> but um, yeah I, I don't think Kiki Burton's will be wanting to come to press immediately after Roger Federer in the future if you're hearing sound effects that you don't usually hear on our 2019 French Open daily pods it's because Matt and I are out in the open we've braved it uh, it's because it's gone 9 o'clock at night and most of the crowds have dispersed there's no way we'd have been braving these territories at 3pm today when I was stuck in an absolute throng trying to make it from Simone Mathieu back to uh, Philippe Chatrier I mean it, it was stationary traffic for quite a long period and I, I, I can only guess that all the people that had tickets to be watching tennis were preferring to be just sort of circulating the grounds aimlessly because there was an awful lot of great tennis happening today that uh, people weren't watching yeah, there needs to be some kind of rule, we were saying, weren't we, how people need to spend a certain amount of time yeah, in their seats. Yeah, a bums-on-seats seats duration rule. 
just as much as anything to alleviate the the jams and the flow of people that is the Roland Garros grounds. Maybe they put, need to put a time limit on lunch. That would You're help. only allowed to spend 20 minutes eating your sandwich. Now get back in there and watch some <laughs> tennis. Um, the, the good news, though, I, I hate to put any kind of positive spin on, on a, a great trauma and disappointment for Kiki Burton's, but it is to the benefit, Matt, of the great Victoria Kuzmova. Indeed. I have... I mean, there's, I don't really know how to feel, to be honest, because <laughs> I didn't back her in this tournament and I'm feeling ashamed of myself. It's the motivation to prove you wrong, I think, that has got her this far. I think it is. She must have seen our, our predictions and thought, She's got Diana Diony- Yastremska. Yeah. But that is, a, that is a very interesting match now against Joe Conta. A, a huge opportunity for both. Kuzmova is the kind of player who you have to get moving. Halep completely took her apart and exploited her pretty poor movement in Madrid, beat her 6 love 6 love but I'm not sure Conta will do that against Kuzmova. It's not Kuzmova. usually her, her game plan, is it, it? It could turn into a bit of a hitting contest and He's got a twinkle in his eye, folks. I'm potentially backing Kuzmova in that one. Well, we've, we've nailed the pronunciation of her name. So that is step number one for the Tennis Podcast's um, association with uh, Victoria Kuzmova. Um, elsewhere, should we stick with the women's, Matt? I mean, yeah. in that mad hour, there was all sorts going on. We had uh, Grigor Dimitrov and Marin Cilic having a chokathon <laughs> out on uh, Court Simomacho, eventually won by Grigor Dimitrov. Uh, what else did we happening in? Uh, what else was happening in that mad hour? Belinda Bencic got herself in a spot of bother, I believe. She's still in a spot of bother. That match, her match with Laura Siegmund was moved to Chatray to kind of replace that uh, Kiki Burton's Victoria Kuzmova match um, that never quite got going. I'm going to check the score in that match, Matt. Okay, well, I can see it on a screen. Ooh, but the I benefits can't, of being out and I, about. I cannot see the score because this, I'm looking at this in a screen and it's like a mirror effect and it looks like they're both left-handed. <laughs> so the score, I'm sure, would be backwards as well. So I will wait for you to come to, to that one. She is 4-3, break up in the third, but 30-40. So that is an absolute thriller on Chatre. And Leo Meyer and Diego Schwartzman also locked in battle, predictably three all in the fourth. That, uh, that uh, Dimitrov-Chilich match reminded me very much of... If you've ever seen a video of people holding electric shock balls where they then have to answer a question and then pass it on to the other person, the electric shock ball was the lead in that match. Whenever they had the lead, they just threw it to the other person. Hot potato. I don't want it. I don't want it. You have it. You have it. And it was an absolute masterclass from both of them in how not to play with the lead. And even... I feel bad because when uh, Dimitrov was break up in the fifth, I said, oh dear, <laughs> yeah, this well, is a bad sign, he's well, going to lose the, it. Then he got another break and served for the match with a double break and lost serve. And then Chilich gave it back to him <laughs> to hand in the match. But oh, that's a, that is a really big win for Dimitrov. His first top 35 win of the season and his first top 20 win since April 2018. Wow. Wow. It has been a struggle. <laughs> Geneva qualifying. Wow. Um, where else? Where should we go next? We're bouncing around. Should we stay on Simon Mathieu? I started the day oh, watching yes. Stefanos Tsitsipas out there in one of the most entertaining matches I've seen close up this year, 
really, against, uh, what's his first name? Hugo. Hugo, I was going to say Guido, that's uh, Pella. Hugo... Do you want to know his surname yeah, as Help well? me, help me. Delian. I know it, I just don't want to butcher it. Delian. Delian, the first Bolivian tennis player I've, I've ever heard of, I think. And off front up, I hadn't heard of him before this week, despite the fact that he's 84 in the world, and that's real evidence of how high you can get your ranking by playing pretty much exclusively challenger events. Yeah, he's grinded away on the challenger tour. A lot of his best results coming on clay, and as you said, God is ranking up to about 80. And it's just, it's just outside of that number where you're going to be seeing them regularly. So we're only really going to get to see him on the main tour at the slams with that ranking, unless he qualifies for some events. But he was, he was so good. More of Delian, please. Oh, he was so great. He's the new drop shot dragon. He <laughs> Hang on, didn't we give that name? We gave that name to Von Drusheva. We did. <laughs> There's room for one in the They're men's and one in the women's. They're competing for the new okay. drop shot dragon. We'll tag. let them both know. And he's such a battler. He just would because he he twisted his ankle really badly after about, and then went on to win the first set. Yeah, it was just a remarkable effort from him. And sits past his reaction at the end. He gave it a huge fist bump, a huge roar. He knew he was in a battle today. He did. I spoke to him uh, straight after the match in the in the corner of the court actually, and uh, he. I mean, yeah, he 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 kept on referencing the fact that he'd beaten a true clay court specialist. He said, I'm not a clay court specialist, so to beat a real clay court specialist like that, it almost felt like a kind of rite of passage for him at Roland Garros. And he said he was not pleased with himself at the way he failed to contain his emotions, particularly in the third set. He had an altercation with the net, for which he received uh, a warning and a lot of boos from the Simone Mathieu crowd. I mean, he didn't seem particularly phased by that. He's in his own little world, isn't he? Um, although he does he does remark upon it when he receives a lot of crowd support, but he he didn't, to me, seem cowed at all by uh, the booing French, I say throngs, but actually it was half full and I, I couldn't get my head around the fact that the stadium was half full for that match. But, uh, yeah, we've made the point there, I think. Yeah, I think he cares, doesn't he, what people think, because he, there was that quote he gave after his first round match where he said oh I love the fact that they're really appreciating my tennis and that I'm that I'm playing with a flourish and they appreciate it but I think in the moment his his match instincts are so good that he's able to ignore all of that but afterwards you know a minute after finishing the match he's speaking to you talking about it clearly it must be on his mind yeah he was so reflective I mean he's just an absolute treat to speak to he's on a collision course Matt not quite yet but a fourth round collision course with Stan Wawrinka who dismissed the challenge of another we're putting we're putting Christian Garin in the clay court specialist definitely category absolutely just threw him out with the bins it was it was, it was Stan Wawrinka of 2015 yeah oh you've said it he was m- crunching the ball and not missing and that is a combination that yeah, beats I mean that, everyone if he can bottle that he will beat everyone if he, if he it's a bit uh, obviously a big if but that tennis beats everyone his draw he's going to have to beat literally everyone <laughs> if he does want to win this thing because Dimitrov next then that sits a pass collision course and then the trio Federer Nadal Djokovic probably but he can he's he, the guy that can he can I mean we're 
we might be getting ahead of ourselves. I've thought this about That's Wolverine. That's what we do, Matt. We do. I've thought this about Wolverine a lot this year. I've thought he is ready to unleash his biggest and best tennis on the world once again. And yet, then the next match or the next tournament, he's not quite had it. Did you see his moment with the little boy in the crowd afterwards? I didn't. He was signing autographs uh, courtside and it was absolutely packed. Uh, and a real actual bit of a crush at the front and this little boy he probably was about I'm really bad at guessing ages um, but probably about six or seven he was wearing a little baseball cap and he was sobbing he was sobbing because he couldn't reach he was just in a crush and he couldn't reach up to to get his to to, to get noticed by Stan Wawrinka and he was just just stood there having a cry and Stan literally picked him up by the by under his arms and put him on the crowd and he's still sobbing away you can see his sort of shoulders heaving oh. as he sobs away and and uh, Stan puts his arm around him and takes him to one side and signs his autograph and it really really got me Matt it really so, got so me. having been so brutal on the court yeah. he was then this little soft cuddly yeah. teddy bear it was an amazing contrast um, but I basically have in my notes for Avrinka be afraid be very afraid oh. the rest of the draw and particularly Stefanos Sitsipas. I just give me that match right now. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Grigor. Oh, poor Grigor Dimitrov. He's just an obstacle en route to the match that everyone wants to see. I'm looking forward to that match. Which one? Dimitrov Vavrinka. Yes, I'm looking forward. And actually, they've played. They played at Wimbledon and the U.S. Open first round, I think, last yeah. year. And Wawrinka won them both. So. There's some motivation there for Grigor to try and stop that. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking. And I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Speaking of former champions who are perhaps a little bit unexpectedly catching eyes, Garbinia Muguruza or anyone? Yes, well she caught my eye. I watched that match, quite a bit of that match today and 
I was really impressed with how she wasn't just going for winners. She was building points. And she, I think, said that in press as well. And just a really efficient, under-the-radar win. And... Which is what we're completely not used to seeing from her. Exactly. It's what's been missing. And the problem is she's got Svitolina next, who in main draws she has a 5-1 losing record against. But I think Svitolina's injured, though. I think she's a bit injured. And she played on Sunday. That that match will be Friday. That is like a different tournament. Svitolina's opponent, Kozlova... uh, Svitolina is... Yeah, her opponent, Kozlova, uh, withdrew just ahead of their their scheduled match on Longland this morning. So, I mean, I'd picked Kozlova to get the upset there because I really think Svitolina's undercooked for for this tournament at best uh, and at worst quite injured. And it's only because... She loves it so much that she's perhaps forcing the issue a little bit. So I reckon Muguruza's coming through that. And despite that losing record she has against Svitolina, Muguruza said, which I think is really positive, it's the type of match I want to play. Ooh. She's not had a huge amount of really big matches at slams recently because she's not been a factor. And now she's got one. Sloane Stevens had a little wobble, but made it through in, in straight sets. She was nervous, though, in that second set. She was racing ahead with it and ended up somehow uh, in a second set tie break with Sarah Sarri. Bez Tormo made it through though. Uh, what else have we had on the women's side? Kiki Mladenovic is a goner. Two and one to Petra Martic. I know Martic is the seeded player there, but I thought maybe with Sasha Bayan in her corner there were some good signs in Rome, weren't there? I think that's a, a massive disappointment for Mladenovic. Pliskova again, she's just doing her thing. Two and two over Kuchva, making her way through the draw. In fact, that match went on to uh, court Simon Macho immediately after Sitsipas, and I was uh, making my way through the bowels of the Simone Macho court after doing the, the flash interview with Sitsipas, trying to trying to exit and uh, I was sort of pushed to one side by a security guard uh, because of the oncoming Pliskova and Kuchova. They were making their way onto court for the match and there wasn't room for 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 a berth of two in the corridor and I was sort of ended up sort of straddled <laughs> flat against the wall and and Pliskova broke out laughing. She saw what was happening and she broke out laughing. I mean, usually the rule is if you if you see a tennis player pre-match, don't even make eye contact. I mean, the, the funniest thing in the world could happen and they just wouldn't even notice because game face on. And she broke out laughing and uh, thought the whole thing was completely hilarious and I thought, oh, well, she's winning that tennis match then. And possibly the tournament. And quite possibly the tournament. Two and two for her. Elise Mertens won. She's... She's still in the mix. <laughs> she's in the mix, but she's dressed like it's 2016 with her zebra outfit. What, what's happened? I know. She's she's take, she's inspired by Zverev and team a few years ago. Sevastova won. Uh, Von Drusheva as well. She's doing that thing of just uh, quietly winning through. Yeah, that was a match between one of, I think, six teenagers in the women's draw made it through to round two as we are... The, the, those noises that sound like a lorry reversing are, in fact, actually the very frequent sound of, of bins. Bins? Bins being dragged around yeah. Roland Garros. Christine Garin's of. in there, because that's <laughs> where Wawrinka threw him. <laughs> They're really stylish bins, but I can't tell you how annoying it is when you've just filmed the perfect link and one of them sails into the back of shot. <laughs> ruining it forevermore and it hits the cutting room floor with a thud um back to the men's nadal one was brilliant apparently it's a uh, it's a superstition thing he likes to play one match every year on longland he asks to do that i was looking at his record he's played 
I, I could only find the order of plays back to 2009, but every year since back, going back to then, he's played at least one. And, you know, he's lost... He's 88 and 2 now at the French Open, but he's never lost on Longlin. And his, I mean, his stats on Longlin are just as dominant as they are everywhere else. And I was looking as well, if you take his whole French Open record, he's now won just over 25% of his sets here, 6-1 or 6-love. <laughs> Which is another indication of his awesome dominance and in this I th- tournament. I think the draw remains kind to him, doesn't he? Goffin. Oh, David Goffin, okay, okay. Who, who was... who? I had. I thought he might be troubled by Ketchmanovic, but not so. He's played really well this week, Goffin. I don't think he quite has the artillery to trouble Nadal. Quite? Not quite the artillery? Yeah, not quite. He's, yeah. he's a good player, David Goffin. But he doesn't I love quite a bit of David Goffin, but I, I do think he's going to be... Mince meat. Prey. Because mm. uh, Nadal's just in that mood, isn't he? It's go- I, think, I, I believe it's going to take a either a Herculean physical performance the like of which only Djokovic could probably pull off or a bulldozing performance the like of which maybe only Vavrinka or Del Potro can pull off and actually we should say on Wawrinka he doesn't have a good record against Nadal even when he is playing that well I think he's only he's beaten him him in the Australian Open final didn't he but Nadal was was hampered by that back yeah if there's one player that he can't hit through. It probably is Nadal, I would say. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll put a pin in that for now. Roger Federer, four, three, and four against uh, Oscar Otter. I was taught that pronunciation by Boris Becker. I can't now not say it in a comedy German accent. <laughs> I've, I, I simply can't. Um, it, it, it was a decent match. Federer looked good. I watched him in uh, practice before the match, and he was he was doing comedy grunting. Well, I interpreted it as comedy grunting <laughs> because it seemed wholly unnecessary for me. He was playing Diego Schwartzman, um, who was also obliging with a lot of grunting, but it seemed less less comedy. I don't, I don't know what was going on, but it was great fun. Well, what he did in the match was channeled his Pete Sampras by breaking right at the end of each set. He just, I think That's he so Pete Sampras, isn't it? I think he had four break points in the match spread across three games, and he broke. In every game, he had break points. He was just was just so efficient. He just, which is probably the opposite of some of the issues that he said. You know, the sits of pass match at the Australian absolutely. Open. Absolutely, in big matches, Federer's break point conversion, yeah. I think, is a bit of an issue for him. But today, it was, and, and it wasn't a big match. He spent really, about four hours in press afterwards, so he must be feeling pretty relaxed, happy, chuffed with the way things are going. Who does he play next? He well, interestingly, he plays Casper Ruud, and he was asked, "What does he know about Casper Ruud?" And he says, "I know more about his father, Christian Ruud, because Christian Ruud, Casper Ruud's father, was in the draw of the French Open in 1999 when Federer made his debut." No, it is a bonkers stat. I mean, I do wonder whether someone's ever played a father and you know father son unfortunately Federer didn't play Christian Rude but oh my goodness that's the best stat of all time it's not stat is it it's a fact oh oh I I, I can't I can't take credit for it I think uh, I think Chris Clary might have come up with that one but yeah it's it's a fantastic fantastic line another line we've had today courtesy of the ATP is that that's the first opponent Federer's ever played whose name whose surname begins with O yeah the 
the most sort of incredible <laughs> stat this, and this the is what people one. come to the tennis podcast for isn't it he, yeah. he just needs to play an opponent beginning with uh, surname beginning with X to complete the set the, are there any the alphabet grand slam can I've you seen think of called. any players whose surname begins with X no Answers on a postcard at Tennis Podcast. Nishikori won in four sets over Joe Wilfred Songa. It was a good match. It never quite caught completely on fire, but it, there were embers. There was no underarm serve, though, okay? No. And, and I, I, if he pro- keeps progressing, I will be asking him about it. The pressure will be piled on. Uh, we had... Oh, you like to do a bit of a Frenchie watch, Matt. I do like Frenchies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are you talking about Nico Mau? Who oh, pick your Frenchie far away? This yes. is Frenchie corner. Over to you, Matt. I was suddenly aware that Mau had won because I saw his son on court again, which seems to be the <laughs> wheels him out at every opportunity, every, doesn't he? Every time he wins, his son's on court. But he's into the third round for only the second time here, and he's played here sixteen times. So it's a big wow. deal for Mau to be in the third round. Um, and how is Air Bear doing? Because when we started recording, that I think was at eight all in the fifth. It's no longer a live match, so we have a result. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Listen a- to this award-winning radio. <laughs> I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Uh, goodness me, what court was it on, Matt? This is a lot of scrolling. Fourteen. Uh, oh goodness me, I'm only on court nine. Keep going, keep hold up the airwaves, Matt. Okay, so. Mahu actually played really well, Ooh, and he was caught eleven. Evans and Norrie won in the doubles. Oh wow! Get <laughs> Gary on. Yeah, he, it was it was cool to see Mahu playing serve volley tennis on a clay court and winning with it. And I thought the irony is that he might be going further in this tournament than Air Bear, and given that they split, so Air Bear could focus on his singles. But we're still seeking confirmation. Do you want to do you want to play bingo? <laughs> on air bingo. So the last time you checked the score, it was eight all in the fifth between Benoit Pair and Pierre Ugebe. That's right. That is that. Given the Correct. final score, that is plausible. Yeah. So that it was that. what do you think happened? I think Pair won. Yeah. Give me a score. Uh, given that it's over, I'm going to say eleven nine. That is ridiculous. That is that is that the, the, that is correct. We should have just got. I should have just said that with confidence, and then we wouldn't have had to look it up. It's only day four. I don't know where we go from here. Is it, it was eleven nine in the fifth, Matt? Wow, that's. I mean, I amazing. It was. It was. It was a, another example of a, quite a lot of choking going on, which we had a lot of today. <laughs> I, tell, I tell you what, Benoit Pair's played a lot of tennis. He has this year and these two weeks. But when Herbert was mounting his comeback from two sets down, my mind went back to. Do you remember that year Tommy Robredo won? three matches in a row from two sets down I do here at the French Open I th- definitely a couple of them were against Monfils and Almagro <laughs> and I suddenly thought Hebert's two thirds of the way there if he can get this fifth set but Pair has closed that one out any other Frenchy business that we want to cover or, or business of any nationality you like frankly before we just give a quick rundown of the order of play for tomorrow uh, more bad news in the women's draw that Andreescu has had to withdraw with a shoulder injury. Which is a different injury to, to what kept her out no, of the clay. It's the same it's injury. It's the same uh. shoulder injury. But she said after the first round that it was fine. And then she pulled out of, out of her doubles maybe this morning and then pulled out of the singles yeah. this afternoon. So Kenin gets a walk over there into the next round. But 
it always worries me when young players have injuries because we've seen it so often. The main yeah. one that comes to mind in the men's is Kokonakis. Kokonakis, absolutely. So I really hope that she can get over those injury troubles. Don't push through the injuries, folks. Yeah. It's so tempting to feel like, oh my gosh, time's running out. You know, I've got to get out there and play these uh, play these tournaments. But um, yeah, uh, order of play for tomorrow. Dominic Team starts against Bublik on Chatre. A lot of people saying that uh, if you've got a ticket for Chatre tomorrow, you might be a wee bit disappointed pointed unless maybe you're French but uh, Serena Williams is out there she plays Karimi Nora I spoke to Patrick Montoglu earlier he said that Serena was just crippled with nerves in that first round match he, she, she really put him through it I think he was almost a little bit annoyed afterwards um, he said it was an awful performance but onwards and upwards he said she is still in pain the knee is still calling it causing her oh, pain really? but That's not good. Um, that he thinks it's pain she can play with so we will see Karimi Nara for her tomorrow Garcia and Blinkova and Klijan and Puy round things off on Chatre Osaka Azarenka starts on Longlen place to be place to be followed by Djokovic against Laxanen Manorino Monfils that's where Frenchy watch will be focused tomorrow uh, and then Halep and Lynette elsewhere you've got Zverev on Mathieu Stoza again on Mathieu I'm pleased to see that Del Potro as well Madison Keys, Sabalenka Anisimova uh, a rerun of Australian Open match won by Anisimova probably the start of the woes this season for uh, Sabalenka those were so that's a replay of that match Ash Barty is out on court one as well Vadasco Fanini uh, Kyle Edmund kicks things off on court number six I believe he's taking on Pablo Cuevas do we think Carla will win that? he oh. I, I think I mean maybe true, true fence sitting but that really is a toss of a coin yeah. match I think. they've never played I, I mean I think there's going to be a lot of feeling feeling one another out but if Kyle has that look in his eye he had yesterday morning then I'll back him I'll, I'll let you know what I think once I've seen him on the practice court how about yes. that um, this has been the Tennis Podcast day four of the French Open brought to you in association with the Telegraph uh, I'd better join Simon Briggs in Joe Conta's press conference see what she's got to say about reaching third round of the French Open here for the first time we brought to you in association with our mascot Rio with a Y a reminder David's asked me to tell you that he's not he's not just not at the French Open because he doesn't fancy it he will come here one day he's just very busy and important elsewhere we will have him on the podcast won't we at some stage oh Maybe. absolutely yeah yeah um, well I've, I'm only here for a, a few more days just until the Kuzmova you're only here for Kuzmova right I yeah I might, might, have, to, then, might have to get my change my Eurostar <laughs> just in the tournament next Tuesday she's the new Ostapenko Matt she's this year's Ostapenko uh, in association with <laughs> I mean I actually can Matt's having thoughts, people. He's having thoughts. Uh, with us in association with tennisballs.com, our executive producers. I said we're with a Y. He can be said twice. He's great. Uh, and we'll be back tomorrow. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.